0: Hi loves, welcome back to Raw Nomadic Lens. Oops, Raw Vegan Lens. <laughs> I'm your host, Sherry Michelle. Let's go. Chapter 10 of The Grape Cure by Johanna Brand, actually pronounced Johanna. I'm, uh, by the way, looking into other information on her and... This might be the only thing I agree with uh, (laughs) from her early years, but um, we shall see. Um, I'll just keep uh, reading things about her, but she uh, became uh, quite religious much, much, much more than she is in this. And she is fairly so in this, but um, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not my cup of tea. All right, chapter 10, what must we do? By the way, we're gonna finish the book today. Many people approach us with the question, what must we do when we are threatened with an operation? My advice would be in the first place not to let things go so far. Do not wait until it has become necessary to operate. The time to study the grape diet is while you are well and then the chances are that you will never be sick. The grape diet is so simple that you can learn the directions by heart so that when disease strikes your home, you may know exactly what to do. No one tries to give a drowning person a lesson in swimming, so be prepared. But if this knowledge has come to you late, do not despair. No one in the world can force you, if you are of age, to undergo an operation. No surgeons, no medical laws can compel you to submit to the dreaded scalpel. Too often an operation is the first resort, and you are rushed to the hospital in a dazed and panic-stricken state. It should be the last resort. Every other method should have been employed before you permit the delicate nerves and tissues of your body to be severed. There is a permanent interruption in the circulation and in the flow of the vital magnetic fluid. In this book, we do not dwell on the complications arising from these operations, the ruptures, adhesions, abnormal growths, weak hearts, shattered nerves, and ruined digestions. Get reliable books on the subject and read. Study this terrible, important question for, from every point of view. Ask your doctor. Ask your doctor to watch the results. We have met so many open-minded medical men who are fervently anxious to find a real cure for cancer that we have no hesitation in giving this advice. Your doctor is the right man to supervise your case under the grape diet. He may refuse, well, then send for some other physician And if you are not successful, start right out on grapes and send for an experienced drugless physician. We want you to try your doctor first because it is only by persuading the physicians to watch the marvelous results of this diet that we can hope to spread it over the whole world quickly. There is one sentence which occurs in every written letter, in every letter written by me to the editors. And physicians of this country, all I ask of America, dear sirs, is an opportunity to demonstrate this method in your country. To demonstrate. Can anything be more fair, more reasonable? One who sets out to prove a cause must have something solid to build upon. Woe to all who set such a plea aside. No one can heal except nature. It is by the power of mother nature that we are healed. No one can renew the oxygen in one's lungs except oneself. Ignorance of these laws of nature is keeping the world in the bondage of disease. Your doctor may be puzzled by the strange action and reaction we call them healing crises occurring under the grape diet. Then ask him to consult with someone who has experienced along these lines. The grape diet itself is very simple, simple, but in cases of real danger, the first results may be highly complicated. Do not treat yourself without reliable advice. Is this faith healing? The laws for nature have nothing to do with faith. The sun rises on the just and unjust alike. Water quenches thirst. Food satisfies. You need no faith to enjoy them. You may bury yourself in an underground chamber and the sun will not rise on you. You may refuse to eat and drink and the laws of nature no longer exist for you. You are not cooperating with nature. If healing depended on faith, only the faithful would be well. Do we find them so? Indeed, no. There can be no more sorry spectacle on earth than the diseased, deformed, stunted, degenerated bodies of the believing. Example, civilized races of the world, of the earth. Compare them with the superb bodies of the heathen tribes. Oh, don't know that I agree with that, but um, um, I see what she's saying. Just could have been worded a little better, but um, I am not trying to belittle faith. Faith is the the mainspring of life. Okay, let me try that again. Sorry, this gets a little wordy here. I I am not trying to belittle faith. Faith is the mainspring of my life, the driving power by which I have been enabled to conquer a terrible disease. But faith alone would not have saved me. I would have died of cancer like everyone else who was afflicted with this scourge if I had depended on faith only. What can I say or do to make this point clear? Faith without works is dead. It is the want of harmony between precept and practice that we see around us that takes the heaviest toll of life. The faithful pray for deliverance from the consequences of their evil deeds. Prayer does not save them because they continue the wrong habits, the sins that have caused their diseases. Go and sin no more. Does, this, does not this divine saying imply that disease is caused by sin, our own or the sins of our forefathers? Transgression against the laws of nature, that is at the root of all our afflictions trans, in transgression, is generally due to ignorance of the law. We appeal to our readers and fellow workers to help to combat this destructive ignorance. The great cure is a divine gift." We therefore invite our readers and patients to advance the cause by making this book known. Educational and preventative. Help us to check the growing danger by constructive and natural means. By surgery, the evil hour is frequently postponed. In the grape diet, we may have a remedy, more than that, a sure preventative. Join hands with us in the educational and healing campaign on which we are engaged. This book is being published at a most auspicious moment in America. You are on the eve of the grape season. Make the the coming grape season a memorable one by converting it into a festival of grapes. The news of a nationwide healing movement in the United States will soon filter through to other countries. Great Britain will be the next to benefit with her wide dominions. Soon the grape cure will be translated into the European and Oriental languages. The need is urgent. The purification of the body with a pure grape diet is going to have far reaching results. I'm not a calamity prophet, far from it, but I foresee great upheavals. By the way, I suspect you later became a calamity prophet. It just seems like a good description uh, of what I've seen, but I digress. I'm not a calamity prophet, far from it, but I foresee great upheavals in the near future. There are signs in Earth and sea and sky that cannot be overlooked. I use my common sense and watch the headlong course of so-called civilization. The Great World War seems to have been forgotten. Something infinitely more disastrous is pending. How shall we meet it? Or better still, how can we avert it? By the promotion of harmony on Earth. The old method of reforming the other fellow is useless. We must begin with ourselves. We must start on the lowest vehicle, the physical body, and gradually work up to perfection of mind and spirit. Chapter 11, The Prevention and Cause of Cancer. When we hear of children being born with cancer, we ask, what is there in the lives of the mothers of the 20th century that causes the transmission of this infection to their offspring? Those children have not transgressed against the laws of nature, but seem to have been nourished with cancerous substances before birth. An appalling state of affairs was revealed in an issue of the Journal of the American Association for Medico-Physical Research by the former president of the Society, Dr. Frederick Dugdale of Boston. He stated that 19 children in every 100 who reach the age of 10 show evidence of cancer. The use of inorganic substances. By watching my own case and investigating the habits of the parents of cancer patients, I have come to the conclusion that cancer is due not so much to wrong living, artificial hours, and the high pressure of modern life, this was 100 years ago, as to the excessive use of common table salt, baking powder, and the whole army of mineral drugs and essences prepared in the laboratory. The human body does not possess the power of assimilating, utilizing, or eliminating inorganic substances. They are of an immensely harmful nature and in times their corroding action on the nerves and tissues promote irritating conditions in the entire system. Nature does not lie uh, down to the task but collects the poisons and deposits them in some out of the way place. A cancer is formed. That is usually, that this usually happens in a weak spot, sluggish organ or bruise is probably due to the fact that the invading substance meets with little or no resistance. In tissues in which the nerves are inactive or have been injured a bruise will not develop into a cancer in a healthy body the cause is in the mineral-laden blood this she's mentioned bruises um, cancer um, following bruises several times and i actually know of an instance in our family there was a little girl um who fell from a tree, I believe she broke her knee, and she developed cancer there afterwards. This is the only time I've ever heard of something like that, but maybe we all have um, at one point or another. So I think of her every time she mentions this, um, you know, a bruise developing into cancer. In South Africa, many people draw out cancer with herbal poultices. They have had great results in some cases. The wound caused by this process becomes a sort of safety valve through which so much poison is eliminated that the patient is saved from an immediate recurrence of the disease. But it gets him in the end. So great is the suffering entailed in the drawing process that many die under it. After careful investigation of these and other methods, we come back to the grape diet. It has its limitations, like everything else, when the system of the patient is so low that there is no cooperation, but I know of no other method by which such quick results may be obtained. This is its first recommendation. There is no time to lose in treating a real cancer. The second advantage is the solvent properties of the grape. It seemingly breaks up the inorganic poisons by which cancer has been formed. Third, its powerful stimulation of the nerves under which the avenues of excretion become so magnificently active. Now, Note how eruptions, diarrhea, and other complications occur under this drastic stimulus. And last but not least, its amazing power of building new tissues. I've said it several times, but I must repeat it here. I believe the secret of the grape cure in wasting diseases is to be found in the rich proteins supplied by the grape. But there must be far more than this at the back of it, and I spent many hours in deep concentration before I discovered the real explanation of the mystery, the most magnetic food. Charged with the magnetism of the sun, this queen of fruits more than any other restores and revitalizes the depleted forces of the cancer patient. Every tendril is a living receiver of cosmic magnetism. Its many pointed leaves, forming many triangles, absorb vital essences from the air a perfect grape is circular in form and a bunch of grapes resembles a triangle students of mysticism and occultism know what these two symbols the circle and the triangle represent to come back to the cause of cancer inorganic she's not going to say (laughs) i'm going to have to look that up uh, to come back to the cause of cancer, inorganic substances in the system, the terms organic and inorganic are much abused and little understood. Let us use the words dead and alive instead for the sake of convenience. Inorganic matter is dead, organic matter is alive. Man was never meant to use dead matter, such as iron, so called refined table salt, overcooked foods, etc., as either food or medicine. The human body does not possess the power of assimilating dead or inorganic substances. And yet, it is largely composed of minerals and other dead matter. All foods that require cooking should be seen cooked. In the first chapter of Genesis, in the wonderful allegory of the creation, we find the explanation of this seeming inconsequence. It takes the form of dietetics, and it is the only injunction laid upon man for the maintenance of life behold behold i have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a yielding a tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat man was created a fruitarian that is to say that although his body was made of the dust of the earth minerals his well-being depends on his use of the fruits of the earth this term includes what we call vegetables the first, last, and only rule of life after man had received the power of reproducing his kind and of holding dominion over things, over living things that moved on earth and in water and air was concerned with food. With an impressive behold, his attention is drawn to it. Fruit of the vine as a sacrament it has taken us nearly two thousand years to understand the real significance of the introduction of the fruit of the vine as a sacrament it is not possible that the great physician knew in this this delicate fruit everything was contained necessary for the healing of the body as well as for the uplifting of the spiritual faculties to fashion the body of clay minerals and then to nourish it with vegetable matter seems ridiculous when science discovered the elements of which the body is made and found that disease is caused by a deficiency of one or more of them, it's set about the fabrication of foods, tonics, powders, pills, and pills containing these elements in an inorganic form. Here I believe we have the cause of chronic diseases, the real cause of the increase of cancer, and that this violation of the law of nature which decrees that the animal kingdom shall feed upon the vegetable and the vegetable upon the mineral is, in the first place, the cause of cancer. And the second cause is the use of meat, the mineral-laden blood of animals. We have to pay for every transgression and in overlooking the divine injunction to live on fruits of the earth. We have exposed ourselves to, most ghastly, to the most ghastly, the most insidious disease. Thirdly, the use of cooked foods, whether animal or vegetable. Every kitchen stove is a laboratory on which the living essence, organic salts, is converted into dead matter, inorganic poisons. For years, I was puzzled to know why cancer patients were unable to take cooked foods, why in my own case, relapses were brought on by the use of of made dishes. I was a strict vegetarian long before I succeeded in curing myself. This proves that in a real case of cancer, it is not enough to abstain from meat. Vegetarianism alone will not save one when once. The disease has taken root, not if the foods are cooked, salted, or seasoned. With the increase of cancer and tuberculosis, there's a marked decrease in acute diseases. What is the real difference between chronic and acute diseases? Acute diseases are healing processes. Chronic diseases are destructive processes. Typhoid fever is evidence of nature's efforts to expel the invading germ. A common cold is a healing process. Cancer is not. Cancer is the death and disintegration of a given part in a living body. I am convinced this is due to the presence of corrosive substances with which nature is unable to cope. Fasting does not effectually eliminate them. If the cancer is not too far advanced, a diet of raw fruits and vegetables may save the patient. But in extreme cases, something is required by which those corroding, irritating substances may be quickly dissolved and expelled something by which, at the same time, the strength of the patient may be nourished. What is it in the grape that so effectually answers these three requirements? Perhaps someday science will discover the secret in the pure juice of the grape. Chapter 7, I'm sorry, Chapter 12 is actually Analysis of Grapes. And it might make for some pretty um, dry reading here. But it breaks down um, the grape sugar, tartaric acid, nitrogenous matter, gum, uh, salt, water, skins, stones, pectose, mineral matter, and the percentages. Um, The minerals per 100 grams. So I'm going to skip over that. And I think that also kind of covers me for um, I'm not reading the entire book. I've left that section out. Concord grapes contain a certain amount of grape sugar and a small percentage of iron. They're low in salts. Oh, by the way, if you want to hear a professional audio version of this, I just discovered today that you can get that through Audible. It's like, I think, $3 or a little more. Concord grapes contain a certain amount of grape sugar and a small percentage of iron. They're uh, They're low in salts. Green grapes are good for the complexion because they contain arsenic. Green grapes are good for syphilis because they contain arsenic. Grapes are numbered among the principal carbon foods. Grapes are the third best in iron foods, containing 0.90%. Grape seeds contain a great vitamin principle. Some grapes contain 10.80% calcium. Some contain a trace of iodine. Grapes from some countries contain between 5% and 30% sugar with very little starch or protein. Grapes from some countries contain sulfur 5.60%, magnesium 4.20%. Grapes from some rocky countries contain boron. Grapes yield an alkaline ash and yield alkali in the course of metabolism sufficient to change the reaction of the urine. It has been shown that this type of action is not characteristic of all fruit juices as shown by Pickens and Hitler in Home Economics, January 1930. They examined, among other things, the acidity of the urine in human subjects who had drunk large quantities of grape juice, when under carefully controlled experimental conditions as much as a quart of grape juice daily was ingested. Neither the titratat... acidity, nor the hydrogen-iron concentration of the urine was significantly altered. This is not the only example of the failure to decrease the acidity of the urine by a fruit with an alkaline ash. The ash in the grape is found between the skin and the fiber. It is an ash which neutralizes the toxic condition in the body, known as cancer, hence the reason for chewing and swallowing the grape skin. So she cites an article in Home Economics in January of 1930. So there must have been several reprints of this. Um, Probably many because it was first published in 1925. Chapter 13, Nothing New. There's nothing new about the grape cure. Over 100 years ago, Dr. Lamb, a pioneer, reformer, and dietitian, treated cancer in England with grapes. It was quite a common thing in those days to let patients loose in the vineyards of Germany, France, and Italy, and permit them to eat their fill. Whether other foods were included in the treatment is not known. Even in our day, the grape is well known in Europe. Germany seems to be the center of this natural healing cult. The grape diet is recommended by Dr. Hermann Reeder, university professor, and Dr. Martin Zeller, both of Munchen, Germany. For a complete cure, these doctors prescribe the juice of freshly pressed grapes to be taken in five meals daily. Their treatment lasts from four to six weeks and the best time to undergo it is during September and October. In some cases, large quantities of juice are being administered from two pounds to 13 pounds of pressed grapes being used daily. We do not not recommend the consumption of more than four pounds of grapes daily under most circumstances. In Germany, the grape is called the queen of fruits, and there are many well-known sanatoriums in Central Europe for the grape cure. While I was experimenting on myself by fasting and dieting alternately, the facts mentioned above were not known to me. I discovered the cure for myself in 1925, and my system of feeding the cancer patient with small quantities of grapes every two hours is altogether new. I am sure I would never have survived the terrible ordeal of that last conflict with the disease if I had not taken this natural stimulant in the form of grapes or grape juice frequently. Its effect on the body, however, was not more powerful than the effect it had on my mind. I had been seeking desperately for nine years, and now, after a seven-day fast, in satisfying a natural craving for grapes, I suddenly knew that I had struck something on which the deliverance of perishing humanity depended. A deep inner spiritual conviction that this simple rem- remedy was a divine gift struck to the core of my being. Since that memorable turning point point, an abiding soul rapture has been mine, the surface storms of life can never touch it. To share this with the world has become my highest aspiration. The spiritual beauty of the, the dream grows when worked out in detail on the physical plane. Each day brings fresh surprises, new revelations, more amazing proofs. Not until you have experienced it yourself can you realize what it means to possess the power of demonstrating facts to an unbelieving world. In my father's vineyard. Nearly 2000 years ago, someone loved to lay stress on the significance of the vine. His first miracle was the changing of water into wine. His last act was the abolition of the sacrifice of blood, death, and the introduction of the sacrament of wine, life. I am the true vine, he said. We may not quite understand what was meant by this illustration, but that is of no account. Very few of us, when we use the telephone, understand the inner workings of the device. That does not deter us from making use of it. The grape cure in Europe. It is very gratifying to me shortly after my arrival in America to find that the grape cure was an old established institution as far back as 1556 Books on this wonderful nature cure had been published in all the various languages of Europe. On visiting a a famous hospital some time ago, I learned that there is a large number of books in existence which have been published during the last 400 years, dealing with the grape cure as a remedy for various diseases. The writer has been assured by an eminent authority that this is the first book on the subject issued in America. MH contributes the following. I was born in the vineyard districts of the Rhine Valley, with its mountains on both sides and the vineyards on the foothills. The vineyards in Germany, perhaps in all Europe, are under certain and special laws for the protection of the grapes against several kinds of insects and maladies. The farmer is not allowed to enter his own vineyard whenever he pleases. He has to arrange that certain work has to be done at times specified by the government. Therefore, sometimes the vineyard's uh, the vineyard are closed by the government and open only to spray, etc., and for the final harvest. The government then announces publicly, somewhere still by the town crier, the fixed date for the harvest, allowing about 10 to 20 days for each vineyard to finish it. The help of every able bodied man, woman, and child is urgently required by the government in order to make sure that all the grapes are picked at the set date. That's why all farmers, villagers, And even people from nearby cities come and help with the harvest. Many are thinking of getting their yearly free grape cure. And be assured, these people would never have discovered that the grape cure is also a cancer cure because there is no cancer amongst them due to having their yearly grape cleansing. The vineyards are located on rocky foothills made up of terrace-like, made up terrace-like, and around the plants you see only stones and pebbles covering the scant soil. The rows are planted far enough apart to permit the spray, fertilizer, and harvest wagons to pass each other. At the entrance of each lane in some vineyards is a long pole which is lowered and locked at certain times by the government. When the harvesting of the grapes is completed, there is a gay and spontaneous uh, celebration, indulging in singing folk songs and dancing. From there, a procession starts bringing the grapes or juices into the villages in large open barrels. In the villages, the celebration comes continues sometimes for a week. Many times, the people arrayed in their national costumes. From the foregoing, you will see that in parts of Europe, the vine industry is considered very important and therefore gets careful attention by the government, M.H. Chapter 14, Definitions Given for the Grape Cure. Grape Cure, a popular method of treatment in vogue in certain parts of France, Switzerland, Switzerland, Germany, and Tyrol, consisting of a more or less exclusive diet of the grapes. This is from the Century Dictionary and Encyclopedia. Grape, the fruit of several species of vitis. The cultivated grapes of the old world are varieties of vitis vinifera, which afford important products, namely grapes, raisins, wine, brandy, cream of tartar, and vinegar. This is from the International Encyclopedia. Grape cure. A system of natural treatment in which the patient is confined wholly on chief or chiefly to the use of grapes for both food and drink. This is from Lippincott's New Medical Dictionary. Pickens and Hedler examined, among other things, the acidity of the urine in human subjects who had drunk large quantities of grape juice. When under carefully controlled experimental conditions, as much as a quart of grape juice daily was ingested, Neither the iron-hydrogen acidity nor the titratable concentration of the urine was significantly altered. This is from the Journal of the American Medical Association, Volume 94, Number 14. As to the curative results from x-ray and radium irradiation, these methods of treatment of malignant neoplasms have proved very disappointing. This is from the Journal of American Medical Association. This definition is found in a pocket medical dictionary by George M. Gould, AMMD. Grape cure, the treatment of pulmonary tuberculosis by ingestion of quantities of grapes. Webster has defined the grape cure as medical treatment of diseases, especially tuberculosis by the free use of grapes as food. The New International Encyclopedia 1915, volume 10, page 225, a method of treatment of some diseases and conditions with a diet of which grapes form a very large part. Oh, with a diet of which grapes form a very large part. This treatment is in vogue to some extent in France, but to a much greater extent in Germany and in Hungary, in which countries, as well as in Austria and Switzerland. There are sanitariums, at which the grape cure is administered. The grape cure has been of advantage in diarrhea, dysentery, non hemorrhoids, engorgement of the spleen, and has caused improvement in cases of tuberculosis, gout, and some skin diseases. So that was in 1915 that that was in the Webster dictionary. These are called grapelets. When you are thirsty, drink a glass of water. When you are hungry, eat a bunch of grapes. There is no such thing as a fruit fast or grape fast. One who is eating grapes or other fruits is not fasting. You are not on a grape cure when you are eating other foods with your grapes. No one expects you to live on grapes for the rest of your life. When the grape has done its work, you go back to normal, whatever that may be. Before you go back to it, make sure that it is not abnormal. (laughs) You do not change your religion when you go on the grape cure. It is simply a change of diet. Only the sick get weak on grapes. Never force grapes down your own or anybody else's throat. To be beneficial, they must be enjoyed. The blood is dependent on what we eat. Eat the magnetic grape and you will learn to think. Magnetism is the connecting link between mind and matter. Is your link weak or strong? No one tries to give a drowning person a lesson in swimming. Moral study the great cure while you are well. Be prepared. Feeding the patient to keep up his strength is the surest way of killing him. A few spoonfuls of medicine cannot undo the effects of years of wrong living. Cast your bread upon the waters and it will come back buttered. Acidosis is at the root of most of our bodily ailments. It is caused by the use of cooked foods, meat, starch, white bread and white sugar. The acids in fresh fruit become sweet as honey in the stomach. Artificial sugar, on the other hand, turns to vinegar. Natural healing, like all the other laws of nature, is an exact science. Addenda. The author of this book is the first person to discover the great value of the grape and its juice in the cure of cancer. Following the discovery, thousands of physicians and naturopaths throughout the world have adopted it in connection with other fruits for many chronic diseases and conditions, such as chronic constipation, hemorrhoids, chronic gastrointestinal cathar, hepatic ailments, obesity, tuberculosis ulcer of the duodenum ulcer of the stomach and cancer grapevines are found growing wild throughout the temperate and part and parts of the torrid zones of both hemispheres from these the cultivated var- varieties of the present day have been p- propagated the cultivation of the grape and the making of wine are of the most remote antiquity as appears from the scripture history of noah and other bible characters and from many passages of the most ancient authors For example, Virgil and Columelia. The grape was probably introduced into the south of France and into Italy by the Phoenicians about 600 years BC. There are many varieties of grapes indigenous to America, particularly the Catawba, the Isabella, the Concord and California grapes, which are all described by the historian of Sir Walter Raleigh's voyages to Carolina in 1854. During colonial times, many attempts were made to grow European varieties of grapes in the United States, but the experiment was not a success, owing to various pests and to certain mildews, which did not affect the hardy vine, but which infested the foreign importations. The European grapes have a higher sugar content than the American species and are better adapted for winemaking, especially champagne. They also keep better and make better raisins. The American table grapes, however, are more refreshing and make a better unfermented drink than the imported varieties as a fruit grapes are delicious nourishing and fattening in large quantities they are diuretic and of value in the dietetic treatment of constipation and some gastric disorders the grape cure consists of eating many pounds of grapes daily the value of grapes is due especially to their large i don't know why it says that she has said it's not wise to eat many pounds to maximum One is usually sufficient. Anyway, the value of grapes is due especially to their large proportion of sugar. Oh, this was in, um, because this was written in Sir Walter Raleigh's Voyages to Carolina in in 1584. So this is what he thought. Um, Many pounds of grapes daily. The value of grapes is due especially to their large proportion of sugar. In certain wasting diseases, care may be exercised not to eat too freely or diarrhea may be produced, which would hasten the end. Sweet grapes, when they do not purge, are exceedingly valuable as a food and exert a curative action in bronchitis, gastric, and and intestinal atony. Even in Bright's disease, they may, with favorable climate conditions, contribute to a restoration of health. A tribute. It is my privilege here to offer a sincere tribute of gratitude and appreciation to those noble pioneers of naturopathy who have done so much, suffered so much, and achieved so much in America. Those who follow in their wake will find the road paved. Stumbling blocks have been removed, and the forerunners will never pierce the feet of their successors. Under great tribulation, they have built up a monument of nature healing, which will stand throughout the ages. Mm. I advise all sufferers of serious diseases and indeed all who are interested in health to study the many valuable books on nature cure. To get the best permanent results, the grape cure should be combined with judicious fasting, deep breathing, water treatment, sunbathing, sea bathing, physical exercise, fruitarianism, and the raw vegetable diet and mind culture. You would be amazed if you could could but envisage the rapidity with which change takes place in the body while on the grape cure. After you have gone through the proper preparations before starting a grape cure, in accordance with the instructions as outlined in my book, The Grape Cure, the effects that you may look forward to expecting through the use of the pure, freshly crushed grape juice borders almost on the supernatural. Science may never discover in the laboratory the secrets of the grape and the actual scientific causes of the results obtained, But believe me, it is far more potent than electricity. Man was created a fruitarian. This is to say that although his body was made of the dust of the earth, i.e. minerals, his well-being depends on the use of the fruits of the earth. This term includes what we call vegetables. Johanna Brand. And then the very last page. Uh, Just... Mentioned some other books, Rational Fasting by Professor uh, Arnold Errett. Mucousless Diet Healing System by Arnold Errett. um, The Cause and Cure of Human Illness by Professor Arnold Errett. And Live Foods by George and Doris Fathman. And this publishing company is in uh, Summertown, Tennessee. So I hope you have enjoyed this and you have gotten something out of it, some good information. That was a lot of really good information, I think, for such a small book. And you could have done a lot of things with this time, with this 38 minutes, but instead you chose to be here with me, listening to me read The Great Cure. I am considering... I'm going to do a little Googling and make sure I'm not going to be stepping on anyone's toes, but I'm considering reading uh, The Raw Family by Victoria Betenko because it's my favorite raw book to date. I think it may have been the first raw book I read, and it is also um, a quick read. It's, I think, 100 pages or so. So, I'm thinking that over, and I'm just making sure that I'm not going to upset anyone. I've met Victoria Botenko a couple of times. I would think at this stage of the game, because she wrote this quite a few years ago, um, at least 20 years ago, I'd say, um, that she would be glad to have the word spread. It just seems like the type of person she is again I'm not a professional voiceover uh, actor so it's not going to be the um, you know the flawless audiobook that she would put out there uh, for the public um, and maybe that will get me off the hook or maybe living a little leaving a little bit out like I did today um, with the with the analysis of the grapes. Um, But I'll look into that because I think you guys would really enjoy it. That is a highly entertaining read. Um, I think everybody that reads that pretty much, most of us read it in a day because it's just so enjoyable and so eye-opening and refreshing. I'm tempted to um, start it right now. (laughs) So don't be surprised if I put out two episodes today. Isn't that funny? I will go months. I know I'm terrible about that between uh, podcast episodes. And here I'm doing one each day, the last three days. That's something new for me. But thank you for tuning in. And I hope this helps you. I hope this helps someone you know. And have a beautiful day.